back to the Mountaineer Podcast, where everybody's listening. I'm Barbara Hart. And I'm Doug Armitage. And now for this week's news. Our intro music is performed by local musician Tom Hall. Tom has been playing music for over 20 years and performing live for the last 10 years. He is included on a local album with the Witness Protection Program, started by Eric Richard Stone and featuring Doug Armitage and Michael Sipkovic. This episode is brought to you by the Netherland Farmers Market, the Business Connection, Very Nice Brewing Company, Mountain Man Outdoor Store, Hearts Backhoe, Brightwood Music, and of course, the Mountaineer Newsmaker. My name is Jamie Lammers, and this is my interview with local musician Tom Hall. This is Tom Hall, resident of Netherland, Colorado. My third go-around living in this town goes back to about 20-something years, but I've been pretty consistent for the last two and a half years. I work as a bus driver, and I'm a part-time member of the Witness Protection Program. How long have you been playing music in general? I hate to admit how long I've owned my mandolin, 20-something years. But it really started coming together for me about 10 years ago in terms of playing with others and performing and things like that. Do you play any other instruments besides the mandolin? My first stringed instrument I'm fond of pointing out to people was the piano. I found that to be a little too cumbersome, so I switched to guitar for a while. And I can still chunk away at some rhythm on that, but primarily I'm an eight-string person, so I have mandolin, octave mandolin, and mandola usually at the performances. What have been some of your biggest inspirations when it comes to playing music or wanting to pursue music as a career? Well, like a lot of people, I started just touring around following all sorts of jam bands. Back in my college years, I was an unabashed deadhead. And then somewhere along the way, I discovered bluegrass music and started going to all these wonderful summer festivals in Colorado. And that kind of reset the stage. So the usual suspects these days include people like, when it comes to mandolin, people like Sam Bush or Tim O'Brien or Emery Lester, Jesse Cobb back when he was with the String Dusters. I remember one day when Michael Kang took me aside and showed me a few things at Rocky Grass. People kind of of that ilk. Are there any musicians that inspired you growing up? Growing up, I was part of a classical household. I was enamored of Schroeder on the Peanuts comic strip because he was a big devotee of Beethoven's, and I wanted to learn everything by Beethoven. Brahms and Mozart and Hayden and all these classical masters. I listened to a lot of radio then, and, you know, it's just kind of the run-of-the-mill pop music. I could throw out dozens of influences, ranging from, I don't know, Gordon Lightfoot, Bachman Turner Overdrive, Led Zeppelin, kind of all over the map. I spent a lot of time listening, I think, and that's a really useful thing when you're trying to start to play. Are there any live shows in particular that stick out in your memory? I remember mom took us to a Crosby, Stills, Nash concert one time. She was all excited because we had front row seats. She thought it was going to be a nice little sit-down show from the 60s, and by then it was the 80s, and they came out and turned it up to 11. Those guys, their harmonies, absolutely amazing. Now, a full stage show performance? Sure. Jethro Tull, The Broadsword and the Beast. Supertramp, Breakfast in America, Neil Young, Trans. Those were very formative shows, along with 
of course, Jerry and company. Nothing really can beat the dead as, as far as a live performance goes in my mind. Being from Vermont, I also had to do my stint following Fish around, and that group is a bunch of musical genius as well. What are some of your favorite aspects of being able to play music for a living and share something that you love so much with the people in your community? Well, someday I hope to make a living doing it. Right now I still keep my day job. This is a lovely part-time thing on weekends and during the summers. And what I've discovered is that being able to share the music, playing it with other people is one of the most enjoyable aspects of music. Going to a jam with new people, you learn something every time. And then, you know, just playing locally, playing over at Very Nice or playing over at Knotted Root. A lot of people just really enjoy connecting with the music, and it's fun as a performer watching people connect, watching people enjoy. I think one of my favorite quotes is, live music is better. Bumper stickers should be issued. Everybody should be part of it. Are there any live shows in the Peak to Peak area that are coming up for you soon that you'd like to promote? Well, I know that Eric and I will be playing... Around the beginning of October, I think we have another one at the Very Nice. I think September 11th, we'll be playing at Howling Wind down in Rollinsville. Beyond that, the dates are a little bit fuzzy. I'm not sure what else we've actually got booked at this point. You know, things are starting to change again regarding our environment. So live performances, as you might imagine, is kind of a dodgy thing right now. Is there any Facebook page or website that you can redirect people to? Not offhand. I'm not actually a social media participant. My social media is the performances. I know there will be publications locally. We do a lot of word of mouth. My good friend and musical partner, Eric Stone, you can always look up his stuff at ericrichardstone.com. Those are the big questions on my end. Is there anything else you would want to add? Songwriting styles and things like that. Oh, yeah. What are some songwriting styles that have influenced you? Having attended some songwriting classes, I've discovered that there are several ways to go about it. Songs can be very structured and might be led by the verse or the prose. You might be writing poetry initially and you have a story to tell. And then maybe that story is in search of a melody or of some sort of musical structure. At other times, I'll just be sitting down with the mandolin on the front porch and I'll see a bird fly by and bam, there's suddenly like a melody floating in my head. And I've got to capture that melody and work it out, figure out what the chord structure is. And now I have a tune in search of a story. When the two come together, it's a wonderful thing. Sometimes I just let those musical bits go as they are, so I'm prone to writing what we call fiddle tunes at times. Other times it's a full-blown story. Sometimes the story can be crafted over a long time. Sometimes I have what I refer to as a David Crosby moment, where I wake up and hit my head on the bulkhead of the sailboat and have a fully formed song at 2.30 in the morning. So there are several different ways to go about it. I have a somewhat unconventional approach relative to, like, singer-songwriters, but it seems to be working. Anything else you can think of, Jamie? I think those were the big things on my end that I wanted to ask about, so I appreciate you coming on board. Thank you so much for uh, giving me the opportunity, and I look forward to listening to this when it's out. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming on board. If you want to see him perform live, you can catch him with fellow bluegrass musician Eric Richard Stone at Howlin' Wind Brewing and Blending, 51 Main Street, Rollinsville, on September 11, 2021 at 4 p.m., or at Very Nice Brewing Company, 20 Lakeview Drive in Netherland, on October 2nd at 5 p.m. And now to the news desk. This week's print edition features photos and print stories about the Denver Broncos, music with Tom Hall, school news, a few local government stories, 
hiking, business short takes, library news, and more. Check it out on stands in the Peak to Peak region after Thursday morning. Peak to Peak musicians and artists, we're looking for you. Would you like a feature story in a print edition of The Mountaineer on our podcast, website, or social media? Interviews are completed in person with our professional journalists. We are your community newspaper and podcast. Interested? Email publisher at themountaineer.com to get on the list for upcoming editions. Don't forget to check out this week's full music listing, including where to be and what to see this week in the Peak to Peak region. This week's backdoor theater movie is Free Guy, rated PG-13. The movie runs Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m. with a matinee on Saturday at 2 p.m. Brightwood Music in Netherland rents all of your needed school instruments for band and orchestra for the full school year. They also rent instruments by the day, week, and month. Brightwood Music is family-owned and operated and has been a Netherland staple for more than a decade. They are located at 20 East Lakeview Drive, Unit 109 in Netherland and can be reached at 303-258-8863. Or you can find them on Facebook at Brightwood Music. Hello everyone, my name is Jamie Lammers and this is my interview with the current owner of The Business Connection, Chelsea LaForge. My name is Chelsea LaForge and I own and operate The Business Connection and The Mountain Pages and The Mountain Neighbor. The previous owner, Alice, I started working for her I believe in 2014 and in 2017 is when I took over. You're planning on now reselling those properties, am I correct? Yeah, just the business connection, actually. Um, I'm still going to operate the mountain pages and keep that going for the community. I care a lot about that publication. And so basically, I had someone reach out to me last summer. They were through a franchise, but they were interested in purchasing the print shop. It's been a few months of COVID already, (laughs) and it didn't work out. But it did get me thinking about what it would mean for me to sell the print shop. Originally, the plan was that I was going to purchase the building, but with all the things that happened with COVID, things change about me buying the building and change my focus on what I want to do. And so opening the possibility of the thought of selling the print shop is really what got things going. And then I had another interested party, but they really wanted to buy the building as well, and it didn't work out. Me and the building owner, I'm basically selling the business, and she's selling the building, and they're separate sales, but hopefully somebody would be interested in buying the building and the business to keep the services going for the community. And how do those separate sales work? Basically, someone will buy the building, and then they'd also buy the business. <laughs> oh, okay, there's, but, there's no like separate process for it, it's just they have to be sold yeah. separately? Yeah, it's not too complicated, other than the fact that I own the business and someone else owns the building. That's why it's separate there. What do you hope someone does with the business and with the building if they plan to buy it? Just keep it open or maybe expand it a bit? or There definitely is room to expand. I would love to see more services come to town. Basically, the way that the business connection has grown for over a decade was by community demand. So everything we sell in there are personally requested by locals over time. Uh, we sell office supplies and we do all kinds of printing services, but that really expanded and grew from community demand. So I would like to see it continue the same way. That'd be awesome. It'd be ideal. (laughs) I know that the hardest part for me leaving would be that 
people every day are just so thankful that I'm there. They're like, thank you so much for being here. I can't imagine going down to Boulder and back up again just to get this done. And, you know, so that's what I would like to see, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) So what are some of the details that you can tell us about how the sale is going and what you're doing to try and get the stuff sold? I have a broker. That's why I can't talk about too much of the details of the sale. Anyone interested in the business would just have to talk to my broker where he can give full disclosure of every single detail that they need. But the business sale will include all of the equipment, all of the customer base, all of our company files. We have tons and tons of local clients and nonprofits and neighborhoods even that we work with. We do their mailings, we do brochures, business cards, I mean, all kinds of stuff. (laughs) So we have all of those things that we keep on an internal server. And so we have everybody's projects that they've worked on in the past and ongoing projects or business cards that they get reordered quite often. So that's all going to be, of course, included with the business sale. Basically, everything that the business connection already is, is what will be included. And then the building itself, the building's a great building. It's in a great spot in town right when you're coming in through Boulder Canyon, right past the roundabout. It's like right there. We have our own parking lot, which a lot of businesses in town have trouble with parking, but we have plenty of parking space there. And it's handicap accessible, also with the bathroom, too. It's very accommodating. Yeah, just a great location. I've loved having the business there. It's been really convenient, and I think that someone else would enjoy it, too. (laughs) What have been some of your favorite parts of running the business, and what are things that you will praise about it to people that you try and sell it to? Definitely since day one, even before I owned the business, was my connection to the community. I really, really, really care about the community. I love this town, but we don't just serve as Netherlands. We service all the other mountain towns nearby, like Ward and Rollinsville. I have customers who even come all the way from Idaho Springs, but like Blackhawk and Central City, all those little towns in between come to visit us and use our services. And I've just really gotten to know so many people in the local community and it truly, truly has been a fulfilling job because every single day, even my employees, right now I'm running the shop by myself. (laughs) I've been trying to figure out how to keep things going, but also I just had a little bit of hesitance to hire new people when I'm not really sure what's going on with the business sale and the building sale. So I've been running it by myself for a little while, but even when I had employees, they were just always like, oh, I love working here because every single day people thank you. (laughs) Just like truly grateful that we're there. That's definitely also the hard part about selling it is that it is so fulfilling for me and I do feel like I have such a purpose helping people in the community. So that's the good part <laughs> and also the bad part about potentially saying goodbye. So <laughs> Right, but you're hoping that the person that buys the business is able to feel that same fulfillment when they see everybody from the peak-to-peak area file in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But there's an immense amount of gratitude that comes through every day, and so that would be really great to see continue. Are there any other big details you want to add about the building or the business or the process of selling it or what's been going on with other parties outside of that? Not really, other than on a personal level, the thing that really helped me decide that this is what I want to do, that I want to move forward with trying to sell the business. Like, of course, not being able to buy the building was a little bit of a factor for me, but the huge thing was with COVID, realizing what's important in my life. Like me and my husband really, really want to start a family. 
so yeah, that's kind of like my focus. I'm excited <laughs> because I really, after this goes through or whatever happens with the business connection, whatever happens with the building, I still will be a part of the community because I'll be running the mountain pages. I'm really excited to have a little bit more freedom to actually visit the businesses because that's what I used to do when I worked for Alice before I purchased the businesses. I used to go to the businesses and introduce myself and I just haven't had time to do that. And so it's going to be really nice to focus on that, focus on the publication, but also focus on my true dream in life, which is to start a family. That's kind of the other personal reason I wanted the community to know. Because <laughs> gotcha. otherwise, I would just try to stay at the business connection forever. <laughs> yeah. But I do have to take a little bit of time to, I think, step back and just focus on myself and my family and my life. And is there any information you want to give to contact your other businesses or contact anybody who might have other information about the sale? Yes. For the business stuff, whoever's interested has to contact my broker. His name is Ross Haynes. And also for the building, they're, they're separate, so I can't really talk too much about details of the business, but he can tell you everything. And it's kind of a load off my back since I'm running the business anyway <laughs> in the meantime. So yeah, any questions will definitely be directed to him. And for the building sale, it would be the owner, Dorothy Emmerling, and her broker, Chaz Ryan. That you contact them, they can send you a pamphlet and give you all the details you need for the building. I think those are all the major questions I had about the sale of the business connection. I thank you so much for coming on board and talking about this, and hopefully the business sale goes well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I'm hoping someone in the community might be interested that feels the same way I do, that knows how important the business is for the community and wants to keep that vibe going. <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on board. For complete information on purchasing the Business Connection, please contact Ross Hames by calling 303-594-8295 or by emailing rhames, that's R-H-A-Y-M-E-S, at tworld, that's T-W-O-R-L-D, dot com. For more information and a brochure on purchasing the building that the business is hosted in, please contact Dorothy Emmerling or Charles Ryan. You can contact Dorothy by calling 720-233-7630 or by emailing emmerlingdesign, that's E-M-E-R-L-I-N-G-D-E-S-I-G-N at gmail.com. You can call Charles Ryan at 949-500-7560. Do you have a business in the Peak to Peak region? Send us your pitch. We cover every business from Allens Park to Central City with all the towns and canyons in between. Email publisher at themountaineer.com to be included in an upcoming edition of our business short takes. The Levitt Street Market is open every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Central City. The market has several vendors offering fresh produce, pottery, jams and jellies, local business booths, and more. Stop by 300 Gregory Street in Central City to check it out. The quarterly Gilpin County Republicans meeting is on Thursday, September 2nd at 7 p.m. at Washington Hall, located at 117 Eureka Street in Central City. As well, the Gilpin County Democrats now hold meetings on the fourth Thursday of every month at 7 p.m. at the Gilpin County Library. Hello, my name is Jamie Lammers, and earlier I interviewed local musician Tom Hall. Well, when he's performed with Eric Stone and the Witness Protection Program in the past, he's occasionally done it at the Netherland Farmer's Market, 
In this segment, I'll be talking with Stephanie Andelman to promote the music that she's been booking for the farmer's market. Hi, I'm Stephanie Andelman of Netherland, Colorado. You are heading the music for the farmer's market, is that correct? Yes, I'm behind the scenes of the Netherlands Farmers Market over the last couple of years. And one of the things that I do for the market is to book musicians. The Farmers Market happens every second and fourth Sunday of every month, May through September. And then we have a blowout party gathering of the local producers with a larger band on October 3rd that we call Harvest Fest. And I've also heard that you book music behind the scenes of other venues as well. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Sure. The musicians that we choose for the farmer's market tend to be local, hyper-local even, and they're a good background band. But often we will see kids dancing and parents and other ongoers and sitter down stomping their feet and having a great time while they're eating and taking in live entertainment. A couple of the sponsors of the farmer's market are actually venues that have music every week. I help with Gold Dirt Distillery and the Stage Stop Pub for their backyard events. They are during the weekends, and they are 4 to 6 p.m. So upcoming Labor Day weekend, we have Noise Island on Saturday from 4 to 6. And then the following weekend, September 12th, Sunday, we have a fish cover band led by Mike Peterson, and he's of the 4.0 band that used to play every Thursday in Denver. So all you fish heads will love it. And then at Busey Brews, every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m., we book solo artists or duos. And we have a duo of a husband-wife couple that you've heard called Triumph Companion, and now they're called Galadriel and and they will be performing again Labor Day weekend on that Sunday. And what's the most exciting part to you about being able to gather all of this music together? The reason that I am behind the scenes again on booking music is because I want as local as possible musicians to have regular gigs, make money that they can. I pretty much do this for free and I really intend and want the people with that value of entertainment and skill to get the highlight, the feature, and be paid for it. I love tipping these bands, but having a guarantee for them means the world to me. And sometimes you just have to be in the background making that happen and hope that visitors who are standing by and come by become their newest, biggest fans, and all the locals show up because they know how to create a good time with that entertainment in front of them. So really, in the end, I do it because I like to be entertained, and I like these people to stay local, and they need to have gigs in order to do that. So who all is playing at the farmer's market? So for the next three and final farmer's market, on September 12th, we have the Pioneer Mother's Sons. The Pioneer Mother is a very popular touring band, and we have two of their members led by Mike Sivkovich, and actually he's getting Ben Sproul to back him up. So we have at least two of them and probably another surprise member of the Pioneer Mother band. On September 26th, which is our last regular market, we have the No-Go Gillbillies. And everybody's familiar with the No-Go's. They play often at Salto Coffee Works, and they just actually this past weekend played behind the Stage Stop Pub in the backyard. Fun stage event and rocked it with a lot of local families. So their members come from Gilpin, and that's why they're called the Gillbillies. Finally, as I said, the crescendo of the farmer's market is on October 3rd, known as Harvest 
access. And we're bringing all the way from Durango, High Country Hustle. And High Country Hustle is led by a Ned local named Denon Jones. You might know Denon. You might know his father, Doug. And Denon became a music teacher, lives down in Durango, teaches lots of children music, and started this band. And they tour all over the country, mostly Colorado. They sell out when they play in Denver. And we're excited to bring some of those people up here who follow them and get all the locals to finally check them out right in our backyard. And during these final farmer's markets, we will have chili roasting on site. Everybody loves a good hot chili pepper. And when it's Harvest Fest time, we'll have yak rides. High Performance Earthworks is going to have a contest for kids and adults alike to use their heavy machinery and pick up rocks. We will have over 50 vendors. Again, they are local producers for food and craft. That will be at October 3rd. And for the September 12th and 26th event, we'll have at least 30 vendors. So come by between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. for the September events. And for Harvest Fest on October 3rd, we will be open at 10 a.m. like normal, but we're closing at 3 p.m. And we will also have an entire drinking area, which the adults just adore with Augustina's Winery, Knotted Root Brewing, Busey Brews, Very Nice, and Gold Dirt Distillery. So come hungry, come thirsty, and have a blast as we head into those colder fall months. And if you'd like to see UC Brews and Stage Stop Pub's backyard, go and head to their Facebook page, as well as the Netherlands Farmer's Market. We keep them up to date with events when they're locked and loaded, so you can come and know to have a good time. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on board. You made my job a heck of a lot easier this time by promoting pretty much everything we needed to promote here, so I really, really appreciate that. But if you want to learn more about which vendors are coming to the farmer's market and what you can expect when you arrive there, please go online to their website at netherlandfarmersmarket.org or to their Facebook page at facebook.com slash netherlandfarmersmarket. The Mountaineer also covers all of the music of the peak-to-peak -peak region in the column Music in the Mountains, which is updated weekly in print and online. And that's all for this week's episode of the Mountaineer Podcast. All editions of the Mountaineer Podcast are available on our website at www.themountaineer.com and click on Podcast. Pick up this week's edition of the Mountaineer in Nederland, Gilpin County, Ward, Jamestown, Gold Hill, Ferncliff, and Allens Park. You can also order a single PDF edition, subscribe to the paper yearly or monthly, online at www.themountaineer.com and click on subscribe. And to go online to catch up on more local news, I'm Doug Armitage. And I'm Barbara Hart. Until next time, thanks for listening.